Larry Hughes is going to pop out and get the ball. Jordan's going to rub his man off of Leitner and then cut down the center and gets a nice pass from Larry Hughes. Welcome to another hopefully exciting episode of the Believe in Wizards podcast. If you guys like what you hear from the show, uh, please consider leaving us a review on on iTunes. I know everybody asks for a five-star review, but we only want that if you actually feel that way. So uh, whatever would be an accurate representation of how you feel about the show, please leave us a review. And we're happy to take any feedback or anything you guys think we could be doing better. You know, always reach out on on social media and things like that, too. Uh, And we kind of love all feedback here. So Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. And before we get into today's show, I'm just going to get the uh, the usual ad reads out of the way here. So as always, our trusty staple, Bet Online, We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% off welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. But don't forget the promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And with that, I think we've got a really exciting show for you guys today. So stay tuned and uh, let's hit it. All right, everybody, I'm here with Troy Halliburton in the Washington City Paper. We're going to go through some of the major media day quotes and, I don't know, uh, follow up to media days. I guess it's just media day for forever from now on. All the post-practice, pre-practice comments, all those good things. Uh, Troy, I think the big one that everybody's talking about out of, uh, you know, the the first day is Bradley Beal's comments about vaccination and uh, you know, he, he is not vaccinated and I don't think that was super surprising to folks, but some of the commentary that followed that up asking reporters, you know, if they got the vaccine, why would they go through getting it? Uh, if getting the vaccine, if they could still get COVID things like that, that in my opinion, sort of pointed to, uh, maybe not having a particularly good understanding of, of vaccination and, and things like that. I just want to get your kind of initial take on, on Brad's comments. Well, my initial take on Brad's comments was the fact that it seemed like to me that he kind of had a a hidden agenda coming into media day. And so when I look at, um, you know, I I like to when when I get on the the Zooms, I like to look and see who else is on this Zoom call. And so one of the one of the parties I saw on there, I saw oh Priority Sports is on there. And I know that uh, Zach Rosen, who uh, used to run a lot of the Wizards content, is now running content for Priority Sports. Mm-hmm. And so he's obviously going to have a very big um, relationship with uh, Brad and, you know, trying to, you know, up, up Brad's profile uh, nationally. I also saw uh, another profile. They didn't have their camera on, but uh, it said Kamaya. And I can only assume that that would be Kamaya Adams Bill, who is Bradley Bill's wife. Uh, I thought that was very interesting to me that that he had his agency and his wife were on this call, and he kind of seemed unprompted um, at, at, at the to me at least um, 
to, to just kind of be going in on a lot of um, anti-vaxxer uh, rhetoric. And so I think, like you said, I, I think that he kind of showed that he didn't really have a full understanding or grasp on what exactly the purpose of the vaccine is or what any vaccine is, because he was talking as if, you know, the vaccine is a cure and, and not as if it's something that, 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 that can help uh, uh, mitigate uh, risk or uh, death or illness and uh, or the, the spread of the disease. And so, you know, I, I'm just curious as to why he did what he did. I, I do know that following uh, the, the, the media day kerfuffle, you know, he came back and he kind of walked back some of his comments. And I can tell that, you know, uh, whether it be Wizards PR or whether it be uh, his priority sports PR people, they had yes, a all of the above. Probably all of the above. They had a distinct conversation with him and allowing him to, to get the point across that he's not against the vaccine and that he's not even against, you know, him personally taking the vaccine. So, you know, I, I think that there is a lot to unpack there. Um, the, like I said, I'm just trying to figure out what his agenda was from the beginning, because it definitely seems like he had one. See, I, I felt the same way after the first one where like that was a premeditated thing. He was going to come in here and make his feelings about this thing known. And, you know, he's not going to get it. And here's why he's not going to get it. And I'm going to sort of clown you if you do get it and, and all these things. But I wonder if that was premeditated or just like him riffing and then. Like you said, there was the walk back the next day. So now there's the prepared panicky statement of like, no, no, no I, I'm not anti-vaccine. That might cost me some uh, shoe sales or, or whatever the case may be. So I, I'm I'm just sort of confused by the whole thing more than anything. Yeah, I think that really, I, honestly, and, and having covered Brad for so many years, I think Brad was probably just embarrassed by the way mm -hmm. that you know, he was covered and talked about on uh, social media and on some of these, you know, talk uh, on, on the jump and these other NBA uh, centric shows. Like, I mean, they kind of put took him to the woodshed pretty much every uh, universally amongst NBA media. And so I feel like he probably was embarrassed by by that. You know, he doesn't want to be the butt of anybody's joke. And then I also believe that at the end of the day, you know, Brad has been so outspoken when it comes to, you know, social justice reform and right. police brutality and, you know, all of these different issues. And for him to have a group of people who he has been like, that he has been against for so long, the, the, the this specific group of people, these alt-right people, now they're all agreeing with him. He has to like take an yeah. introspective look at himself and see that the type, the type of people that are agreeing with him are the same people that he's been arguing against on the internet for years. So I, I, I think that he had, he just had to take an introspective look at the position that he was taking and if it was all worth it. My favorite tweet was one that just said, I used to think athletes should shut up and dribble, but now after hearing Bradley Beal's comments, I believe they should have voiced more opinions like these more often. And it's just like, when, when you've got like Fox news guys as your sort of lone which Fox News fine. Like I'm, I'm not trying to hate on anybody listening to this that they listen to Fox News. Let's pick something more right wing. When when Breitbart is one, uh, you know, running articles about uh, what an amazing job you've done uh, speaking up for your freedoms. Like that's probably not where you want to be if you're Brad. So, uh, like you mentioned, he did kind of walk it back. He said he is not anti-vaccine. He's not suggesting that people should not get it or that even he won't get it. He clarified that he just now cleared 60 days after having COVID, which is the recommended amount of time you wait before being vaccinated. 
And he's just now starting to ask all the rec- you know, requisite questions um, and do his due diligence before considering getting it, which, I mean, I actually think he'll end up getting it at some point. I think the league is going to put more pressure on, on some of these guys. But, uh, you know, I, I do think that is a prepared statement. I think what he said on day two is what I expected on day one. You know, just a good amount of like, here is my crafted. Um, I, I'm not against it. I will not get it. You know, here's why I won't get it. And and to me, some of those reasons are actually valid and reasonable. Like he didn't need it prior to now. So if you're just now doing your homework, okay, fine. Like I I, I don't personally agree with that approach, but it, it at least can make some amount of sense to me. The the day one stuff, um, you know, it just, you know, he, he never got sick, but then he listed all of the symptoms he had and, <laughs> you know, he couldn't get his conditioning back up. And it's like, well, that, that's what sick means. So uh, that, that was just disappointing. And, and I want to get your take on this, Troy. Like, to me, that's just a bad look for the Wizards as a whole. Like, I would have shut that shit down if I'm the PR team sitting there and be like, okay, uh, you know, next question. Like, some something to kind of get away from that track. Yeah, and I, I think that, and really, he probably did embarrass the organization just, just from a standpoint. Like, I found it very ironic that, you know, with the backdrop that they have, it's the Washington Wizards emblem and, and MedStar Health, who is uh, you know, a sponsor of, of the Wizards in their practice facility. And so it's just like, for, for him, I think there, there's a marked difference between being uh, uh, hesitant against taking the vaccine and then being an anti-vaxxer. And so some of the rhetoric and some of the things that he was using is like, it's from the anti-vaxxer playbook, yeah. you know? So like, and, and so, so for him to, you know, say that, that, that he, that, that, that he, uh, you know, hadn't done his research and that, you know, he's looking into it and all of that is perfectly well and fine. Um, I think that the team uh, is able to provide the, the perfect amount of resources that it would take for him to convince them of and all they've of already the done. So like they've exactly. supposedly already given them access. So that, you know, are people using your resources wizards? Uh, doesn't seem like it. Yeah. For, so, and like I said, like for me, I honestly, I think that maybe he, you know, uh, that, that, that he wanted to come in and, and, and make a big splash with, you know, uh, with, with, with some of his takes on, you know, uh, uh, protecting his privacy and protecting his freedoms uh, as a professional athlete. But it just didn't really come off uh, as he expected. And I'm almost positive that, you know, Scott Hall and Wizards PR, you know, had a, a conversation with oh, him. Yeah. And, and you know, and you can tell that, you know, when he came back the next day, that it, it was it was a, a, a big difference in his, not only his tone, uh, some of his talking points. And so, you know, I, I think that, um, I, I definitely believe that Brad will eventually get vaccinated, especially after the NBA and the Players Association <clears throat> put out the, uh, the, the, the league, uh, I guess, the protocols for vaccinated versus unvaccinated players. And essentially, if you're an unvaccinated player and you're playing uh, in the NBA, like you're not going to be able to do anything. You, you can't go into the weight room with other vaccinated players. You can't go out to eat with vaccinated players. You can't, uh, you, you can't leave your hotel room when you're on the road. So, I mean, I think that they're like, as far as you're talking about, uh, you know, being able uh, that controlled, uh, 
Like, like that is controlling. If you if you if you're not going to go and get the vaccine, then you're not going to be able to live your life freely like you want to. So I believe that the majority of these players will end up uh, getting the vaccine, and then we can be, probably shift this conversation because the majority of the players are vaccinated. They have ninety percent of the league which is vaccinated. That should so we're be really success. To this vocal minority, which is shifting the conversation away from uh, basketball, which is what we're all here to talk about. You hit on something uh, that I, I per, you know, personally found really interesting too, with with Beal wanting to maybe come in and and say like, hey, this is a privacy matter. Uh, when Kyle Kuzma got asked the same question. He said, look, man, I just very little of my life is like actually private right now. This is one of those things that I just don't think is any of your business. And, and he basically pled the fifth. And, and everyone's response to that was, okay, well, he's clearly not vaccinated. But if you go back and look at like every public comment he's made about the vaccine and COVID, all these things, like Kuzma's been very like publicly outspoken about um about getting vaccinated and things like that. So I, I'm actually of the belief he probably is vaccinated and is just making a point of, you know, this is my private life, mind your business. Um, so I was curious how you kind of reacted to that one. Yeah, I, I I would say that I think that Kuzma probably is uh, vaccinated. Um, yeah, just just because I, I follow him on social media and like he has been very outspoken about you know wearing your mask and and you know most of the time when you see him he's out and he's protecting himself he's wearing his mask. I think that he he brought up a very valid point where the majority of his life is not private, and so when you have um, you know, just just this one instance where he can, you know, literally plead the fifth, like where he can say, oh, you know, this is a private matter. He doesn't have to disclose that information, even though I think that somebody needs to tell he and all other professional athletes what exactly uh, uh, HIPAA laws are. Because that, that was the bad like, part. He lost me there. Yeah, exactly. They, they try to use this as uh, some type of uh, veil that they're, they're able to protect themselves from this. It's like, no, um, HIPAA laws is like it's like when like your your doctor can't reveal your medical chart or your medical information. Me as a reporter, I can ask you whatever it is mm-hmm. I want. You can choose to answer or not. It's not violating any type of law right. or any type of HIPAA violation. So I, I think that we, we we really need to get to a point where most professional athletes just have a better yeah. understanding of what exactly uh, HIPAA is. Yeah, that's the team. Team doctors not sharing your business, not us. It doesn't mean you can't share your personal business, but I also this is one I kind of wrestled with during the whole press conference. Of the first question to every player was, "Are you vaccinated?" And like, okay, it's fine to ask, but if they don't want to answer, I think that's where you leave it. Move on. Just move on. Yeah, it's invasive to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple other things. Sticking with Brad here for a minute, I, I think you had a tweet and I want to read back to you because I, I just thought it was really interesting. And this was before Brad's follow-up comments, but you said people need to realize there's a marked difference between vaccine hesitancy and being anti-vax. Kyrie and Beal are really teetering the line of anti-vax conspiracy theories by spouting misinformation. Just spouting misinformation, I, I think is such a huge thing because we're in a weird state where most of the media people consume is who they follow. So if you like sports, you follow athletes like people are not following Dr. Fauci on Twitter. And, and you know what I mean? Like they have some amount of responsibility, I think, to if you if you are uneducated on the subject, say that. Like, I do not know. Like, that's why I liked Brad's day two comments of like, I'm still doing my homework. Uh, get back to me. But 
the the day one stuff is just is is dangerous like in my opinion and uh you know i, I think the team needs to make sure these guys do better and, and again that goes back to this is an organization that's had so much bad pr for the last however many decades overall like nobody gives a shit nationally about the wizards unless there's a gun in the locker room or you know somebody demands a trade or there's a gang sign or whatever it is like you you've got to do better and if I were the team, I would publish a list of here are the resources we've made available to these players. Here are the local doctors we've brought in to talk to them, all those things. And I've seen none of that from the Wizards, but maybe I've missed it. Yeah, well, they, I think that uh, really under Tommy Shepard, like they, they've been trying to keep a lot of their cars close to the vest. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the, their biggest thing was probably to try to swoop this under the rug and try to move on as quickly as possible. And so I think that, you know, for them, to, for, for them to having having Brad as to go out and, you know, make the comments that he made yesterday, I feel like in their minds, they think that that was probably good enough and they probably want to move as far away from this as humanly possible. And so like that, I mean, that's just really kind of how they operate when it comes to the majority of things. So like they're, they're not the type to, you know, just sit down and let's analyze where we went wrong and where we like, no, they're not trying to do that. They're trying to move forward and they want to get talking about basketball. And so Brad, you know, when Brad was putting out that misinformation, I think it's very important to note, like, some of the things, like, that, that are very important. Like, you know, he's up there, you know, uh, well, are we talking about the adverse effects of the vaccine? Now, he's sounding like Nicki Minaj now, like, with her, with her, with her uh, cousin's friend in Trinidad and all this other crazy nonsense. And then... When he's talking about, well, he didn't he didn't get sick, but he lost his sense of smell. It's like, my guy, like your sense of smell is connected to your brain. Like so if you're losing like brain functions because of this illness, like, yo, that's a that's a very serious thing. So like for you to just downplay it and, 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 and it's just like obviously in the way that he said it, he believed it. So it's like he is getting misinformation. And then what he's not realizing is that because he is such a famous athlete and he has this platform that when he goes out and he spouts misinformation that he's receiving now other others are receiving this misinformation now it spreads to thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of people and so i think that it, it was responsible for him to come back and walk back some of his comments but i, I think at the end of the day um, um, it, it would definitely behoove him to try to get as educated as he possibly could before he takes the vaccine. And, and, and you know, maybe he, he'll turn out to be one of the biggest advocates for this going forward if, if he's able to sit down and talk to the right people. I've always thought of Brad, at least uh, as like a reasonably thoughtful, you know, measured guy when he makes comments and things like that. So, I mean, there are some instances where like, heat of the game, you say something, whatever. But I think for the most part, when he goes into something and, and attempts to speak on a subject, it's, it's not shooting from the hip and things like that. So uh, the interesting thing to me is you have all this, like what we're calling the player empowerment era media is sort of, do you really want to bite the hand that feeds you and push these guys too hard? And uh you know, really want to call somebody like Brad out and continue to do it. I think there's some responsibility from, from the other players to actually do that. So uh, mystics player Natasha cloud came out and tweeted and said, uh, by not being vaccinated, you are endangering your community. And so at what point do you take it upon yourself to stop being a selfish a-hole 
and she continued to to kind of push Beal. Um, but she said, "You still my guy, though." She said, yeah, "She did follow up with that, which you know, <laughs> hey, I disagree with you. I don't think you're well informed. You're my guy, but like, let's do better." I, is exactly what I was hoping one of his teammates would say. Um, now, to the man, they almost all said, "Yeah, I think it's the right choice." So I went out and got vaccinated. The homework we did, you know, that led me to think that this was the best choice. But every single one of them said, you know, they didn't feel comfortable questioning anyone else's decision, which which is fine. Uh, I think the questioning whether or not they're sharing misinformation is the part I would hope that one of them had talked to him about as well. Exactly. So I think, you know, that that would be a guy like uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, who who Brad definitely went out of his way to, you know, try to recruit and bring to this team. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Spencer seems like a, a very reasonable guy, like, I think that that as a, as a point guard and as a one of the future leaders of this team, you know, he's got to sit down with Brad. And you know, as much as he loves to talk about crypto, like let's let's get him talking about you know some public health stuff. <laughs> there was a book that came out uh, earlier this year called "Can't Knock the Hustle" by Matt Sullivan that covered the Brooklyn Nets bubble year team, and a very large portion of it is about Spencer Dinwiddie. And I don't know if he just gave good access or, or whatever, but for Wizards fans, if, if you're interested in finding more about Spencer, like there's some really good like tidbits about him in there. And he, I think he's just like a compelling dude to listen to. So I, I got to imagine that they're having like some reasonably thoughtful locker room conversations, which, uh, you know, I, I really hope continues to happen. Uh, Troy, I, I want you to back me up on something here. Maybe this is my misunderstanding, but I've seen a lot of people posting, tweeting, saying that uh, Beal will have to miss games because he's unvaccinated. My understanding is that, um, you know, places like San Francisco and New York City, where the home teams, uh, if you're not vaccinated, you will have to miss games, but that doesn't apply to visiting players. So unless DC imposed some sort of similar mandate, Beal's not at risk of missing any games here because of his vaccination status. Right. That's, that's my understanding as well. Um, yeah, and, unless DC like has some type of full mandate, like, like the uh, city of New York and the city of San Francisco have, um, I like the only way that he will miss games. So like he won't miss games just because he's unvaccinated, yeah. but I will say that, you know, let's say, uh, if they have another COVID outbreak, like they did last year, sure. um, that, the the status of vaccinated players versus unvaccinated players, like you'll be you would be able to return to the court much quicker if you are vaccinated. So let's mm-hmm. say they have an outbreak and he were to catch COVID later in the season, he might miss you know three weeks as opposed to just missing one week because mm-hmm. he's vaccinated. So you know that that I, I think, but the but the but to say that he is in danger of missing games without like another step being added to that is not uh, necessarily true. He got asked if he thought not being vaccinated would be a distraction for the team. And uh, he said no, uh, which to be fair to him, I don't know how else he could possibly respond to that. But I think it is a little bit uh, naive to think that this won't be, you know, a lingering question throughout the season. And especially in the scenario that you just talked about where guys might he might miss more time than others. If that costs them a playoff berth or whatever it is, or knocks them out, you know, into the play-in games or whatever, like that's going to be a huge distraction for this team. That's all anybody will be able to talk about. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and you know what? It seems to me that, you know, Brad, it's kind of disappointing that he hasn't even learned from his own personal experiences because this guy just missed out on a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to win a gold medal with USA Basketball because he was unvaccinated. Like, he already, he's already missed out on so much. Like, and, and he, he caught COVID this summer, and there were other players on, the, on, on uh, USA Basketball who caught COVID and were able to come back and go to China and play. And I can only assume that's because they were vaccinated, but because he wasn't vaccinated, they, they have uh, he had a 21 day window and he wasn't going to be able to make it back in time. He's already lost so much. And so if, if, if something like that were to happen during the regular season with the team that actually pays him money to go out and play basketball, I think he'd have a much bigger issue than just missing out on that gold medal. Uh, speaking from personal experience here, we are not a particularly forgiving fan base, at least not in the short term. So uh, I, I can't imagine that being particularly well received. And I do wonder like what the reaction he gets from fans here plays into his longer term willingness or, or desire to stay in DC. Like, he's going to sign his next deal here, no matter what. Uh, but you know, if, if you've got a fan base that hates you because of your vaccine, you know, vaccination status or because not being vaccinated costs you a playoffs or whatever, I'm curious what that does for him kind of here longer term. Well, I don't I don't know. I got to walk back something you just said. Do you think that he's going to sign here no matter what? I, you know, I, you don't know. Know. I think that might be up in the air. I think that Bradley Bill ha- is leaving a very large window open for 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 him to, to pull a Kevin Durant. And I don't think a lot of people are really talking about that. I'm surprised that we got more questions about, uh, you know, his vaccination status than we did about his contract status. And so, you know, I think that he probably likes it like that. Uh, but I mean, this is I think that this is going to be a very interesting year for Washington Wizards basketball. And a lot of that has to do with Bradley Bill. And so that that. That probably leads to more of the organization for why they're not really pushing back on him. They they don't want to pretty much upset him because because this is a contract year for him. So so they're not in the business of you know trying to to you know make him feel like like he's messing up or make him feel uh, insecure in, in in any type of way. They probably want to make him feel comfortable. So you know I, I think that you know that that his contract status. Um, is probably just as important as his vaccination status. And I think that the, the the way that the Wizards will be treating him probably has a lot to do with both. And actually, Spencer Dinwiddie made a comment during, during Media Day about how one of his goals with the Wizards is to, quote, keep our cornerstone in the building. Like, he wants the team to do well enough and his own personal play to help encourage Brad to want to stay. So, yeah, so what I said is, like, literally based on no information or insider knowledge or anything like that, I just... I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it is a huge amount of money he would be giving up by not signing his next deal here and then saying, all right, I want out of town versus choosing to pick his own destination. Yeah, well, I mean, I think Brad is he's kind of showing that, you know, his priorities are, you know, beyond just the game of basketball, beyond money. And so, you know, I, I think that when, when, when like I said, when, when you have your, your your agency on your Zoom calls and your wife's on your Zoom, like, I think, and he's, he mentions how he lives in L.A. during the summertime, you know, I think that Brad, I think that there is a part of Brad that is disappointed that he's not a bigger star than what he actually is. I and I do believe that 
that at some point that he's going to start looking at options of how he can get to that level of stardom that he's probably always uh, dreamed of. Yeah, it comes down to, and this is an interesting question, I think, you know, would he get more attention being the third man on the Nets versus, you know, one of the three leading scorers in the league on a meh Wizards team? And I don't know the answer to that. I I think he could probably make a case for either potentially. Well, I know he's not getting attention as the leading scorer on the on, sure, on the Wizards, It's so. not going to get worse, right? Yeah, it's not going to get worse. I, I know that for a fact. So, uh, yeah. Speaking of Brad staying here, uh, there was a report last week that Russell Westbrook really wanted to go to L.A. He was the, the Wizards didn't want to get rid of him. Tommy Shepard fully intended to bring everybody back. They weren't going to trade Westbrook. He didn't want to blow it up. So that led Westbrook to encourage Beal to try to force a trade and make the team blow it up and help him get out of town. Beal, uh, you know, confirmed that they did kind of discuss their future leading up to the draft, but Beal wasn't on the same page about wanting out. But he did sort of acknowledge that things were a little shaky for him at the time. But he said, I wasn't in the same headspace he was. It was a respectable decision. I love Russ to death. Him going into his 14th year, he looked at it like his time was ticking. Do you put any stock into this notion? Like, I'm I'm sure Russ has had comments with him about where he could go to up his star value or whatever. But do you think that it went as far as him sort of, you know, asking Brad to ask for a trade? I don't think I don't think that that I don't think that that reporting is as accurate as it may seem. Sure. Like him, like because Russ Russ is always he's so headstrong with himself mm-hmm. and his individual individuality. Like it would be hypocritical for him to be like, yeah, I'm an individual, but you should do what I'm right. telling you to do. Like that, that's, that doesn't sound right to me like, at all. And, but really I think the biggest indictment that I have been receiving from initially when Russ, when Russ first got traded. And then when we see this report of coming out about, you know, whatever, whatever the extent of the, the truthfulness of that report is the fact that Russell Westbrook, a future hall of famer, proven veteran came here to Washington, DC, looked around at what was going on and said, yo, get me out of here. <laughs> like that's the biggest thing. Like people like like he's looking, he came here, he looked around and, 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 and from the wizard's perspective, from Ted Leonsis's perspective, they probably did everything right. Mm-hmm. They, they, they did everything that, that he asked for. They, they tried to, you know, put him in the best possible position for him to succeed. You know, they, they were supportive of he and his family. And Russell Westbrook still looked all of them in their eyes and said, yo, I want to go to the Lakers. Like this, I'm like good. He, yeah. he wasn't interested in staying here. And I think that, you know, that's really an indictment on where the Wizards are as an organization. And so I think that that is a reality check. It's a reality check for Ted Leonsis as the owner of the team who, you know, made a lot of, you know, kind of kind of very interesting remarks uh, when John Wall was heading out the door and Russell Westbrook was cutting in, mm-hmm. coming in. He called him a durable and high character Some player and all yeah. of these things. And, you know, and Russell Westbrook was smiling in his face. He shook his hand and all of that. But behind his back, he was telling he was getting, yo, get me out of here. So I think that, like I said, it's more of an indictment on the Wizards as an organization and where we really are when it comes to uh, um, uh, hierarchy in the eyes of players around the league. Uh, As a Wizards fan, first and foremost, like the media thing here is sort of a, a secondary setup for me. 
all of it was just sort of depressing, you know, like all the things that I, like, I'm actually excited for this team and this roster more than the last couple of years. So I, I was hoping for things to, to leave me in kind of a, a better, I don't know, the better taste in my mouth after the fact. And, you know, once they got away from, from some of the Beal stuff and the Westbrook comments and all those things, like some of the other guys, I, I actually felt really good about them and, and what they said. And, uh, a couple comments Brad made that I did like. Uh, he feels good knowing that they have the pieces they need to compete on a nightly basis, that they're going to be a push the pace type of team, that they already think that Wes Unseld uh, is a genius on the defensive end. And, and given who they were learning from the last couple of years, I think anybody would probably seem like that. But we heard yesterday that um, Wes Unseld Jr. has split the practice time about 80% to 20% defense to offense. You know, it, it just seems like they're doing the right things behind the scenes here. So there's a lot more to be optimistic about than, than maybe the media coverage, you know, for the last couple of days would, would lead somebody to believe. What, what was your take on, on where they're going? On the court, I'm optimistic very much so about the Wizards. I think that, you know, um, they did a great job of, you know, uh, accommodating Westbrook and getting him to the Lakers and also uh, getting back uh, what, what I think what they yielded a, a highly competitive uh a roster of players. You know, mm-hmm. they brought back Cal Kuzma. They brought back Catavius uh, Caldwell-Pope. They brought back Montrez Harrell. You know, they brought back that draft pick uh, from Indiana from the, that they were able to, I mean, the, the draft pick from the Lakers, which they were able to flip to Indiana and grab Aaron Holiday and Isaiah Todd. So from that one move from getting Westbrook, they were able to get like five rotation players. And the cap space to get Dinwiddie too. Exactly, exactly. So I think that, from a basketball perspective, strictly speaking, on court, that the 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 trending arrow is heading up and is heading in the right direction. And so, you know, especially when you talk about, uh, you know, them working on the court, eighty uh, percent defense and twenty percent uh, offense. I think that anybody who watched Wizards basketball last year knows that um, you know their, their their defensive acumen wasn't uh, at its highest. Uh, I think the biggest thing that and, and one of the things that I like the from hearing yesterday was that they're going to be switching a lot less on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think anybody who watched Wizards basketball last year, but I think one of the things that was alarming to me was like how many times that like, players seem to be out of position yep. or how many times players seem to not know, you know, when to switch or, you know, uh, and, and it seemed to be a lot of finger pointing. Uh, and, and, and a lot of confusion, a lack of communication on the defensive end. And so it seems like to me that what uh, Wes Unsell Jr. is coming in and doing is, is bringing in a defensive system that will have its uh, core principles, but be a little uh, uh, more simple, more simplified. And so that the players will have a better understanding of where they need to be on the court and what responsibilities they have. Like guys need to be able to guard and stay in front of their man and you know, and when help defense is necessary, then 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 we can have uh, help defenders. But we're not going to be just switching everything, and you know, guys losing people, and then it ends up with a layup at the rim. So I, I like you know, them having a, a a a beginning training camp with 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 establishing their core defensive principles, and hopefully that will lead to a, a more communicative uh, defensive front coming into this basketball season. And we saw point and switch on the court instead of actual like good solid defensive fundamentals. But we also heard 
the coaching staff even point fingers and say, you know, the players weren't watching film and things like that. But you have like we had Jordan Goodwin on and he talked about, uh, you know, Wes Unseld showing up to summer league and like teaching him some of the defensive principles they wanted to install, like him being hands on, I, I think, is already a big improvement. Uh, we heard from Gafford that they worked a lot on pick and roll defense already, transition defense, all these things. I do think it's a little funny to me, Troy, at least that this team seems so much better suited to be able to switch something one through five, especially Gafford said he worked on better, you know, mobility and quickness to, to switch on the perimeter. But, um, you know, there are situations where you probably do have to switch things. So more length and more versatility is still bad, even if that's sort of not your go-to defensive style. Yeah. Well, I think that, like I said, um, you know, it'll be good for them to establish their whatever their defensive principles are. And yes, I do believe that the way their roster is currently constructed, that they are much more like uh, suited to, to switch defense when they have, you know, more long rangy defenders, um, you know, guys with, with, you know, nice wingspans like like Kuzma and, and uh, KCP or who are, who are, you know, championship level uh, basketball players. And, you know, we, we, what we really don't want to see anymore is, is the, the Ish Smith and uh, Raul Neto's mm. guarding Tobias Harris's and Jason Tatum's. And, you know, like, like that's that's why I think the switching was really negative for the Wizards last year. When we – because we were playing a lot of those three-point guard lineups, mm-hmm. and so they're switching a lot. And opposing teams could just switch, switch until, until they get uh, – you know, Jason Tatum uh, posted up on Raul Neto, then it's going to be two points automatically. So I believe that if the Wizards, yes, the Wizards are more suitable with their current roster construction to play a switching style of defense. But I do believe that if they get their defensive principles down and, 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 you know, they're they're following Wes Unseld's uh, uh, guidance and his coaching style, then I believe that, you know, we will end up with a lot less of those situations where we have, um, obvious mismatches on the basketball court. This team was a def- like a dumpster fire on defense for like mostly the first half of the season. And just the addition of Daniel Gafford made them respectable at the very least defensively. And, and so his kind of situation is maybe the one I've, I've been paying the most attention to him and how people talk about him for the last couple of days. And you know, he said his his main priority is protecting home, making sure nobody gets easy shots on the inside, wanted to expand his defensive range. And he also talked about expanding his offensive range, but wanted to guard on the perimeter, um, learning lessons from last season. And then just the big thing, they've all talked about how he's seemingly like bouncier and in better shape and the conditioning shouldn't be an issue this season. And I think that just that takes them to the next level if he can play, you know, 25 minutes a game as opposed to 17 or whatever. Right. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, his conditioning and, you know, I think that a lot of people were getting upset with Scott Brooks last year, but Daniel Gafford himself has admitted that his conditioning wasn't at the level that uh, it probably needed to be, Mm -hmm. but it seems to me that he has put in the proper work this off season. And so, you know, with, with Gafford, you know, t- kind of, I think Gafford, he, like Bradley Bill called him a godsend yesterday. And so when you look at the things that he can do on the court, you know, with him, like kind of just staying in his box of, you know, the, defending the rim. And he said, uh, you know, protecting home. He said that yesterday yeah. uh, is a phrase that he used when, when, when talking. I think that, 
you know, I'm not really focused on, on Gafford, you know, being able to switch out and defend on the perimeter. I'm focused on him being able to be the master of, of, of defending the rim and making it hard for opposing de- opposing offenses to score at the basket. And, and I think that when you look at some of the, like, the principles of analytical basketball, it's not just stopping threes, it's stopping layups. And so if you can, you know, uh, take like the sort of the, the Milwaukee Bucks approach where, you know, where, 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 where you're just not giving up anything in the paint, I think that will bode well for their defensive efficiency going forward this season. I was trying to find one specific quote from, so we had Gilbert Arenas on last summer and, and he had talked about, cause, cause I view his situation in DC similarly, how I, if you, I view Brad's situation here now in that they're elite scorers, not necessarily, you know, defenders, and they kind of need the right personnel around them. And, and arena said uh, like he himself was not a particularly good defender, but in the years where they had the most, defensive personnel around him it allowed him to be better and play better not just like look better because he had help but like he could do more things because other guys were solid and i'm hoping that that's sort of the case you know for beal this year too like you need him to at least be somewhere closer to league average defensively i think if if this team is going to do anything it's just very hard to have even one guy that can be hunted defensively i think yeah, I think that we'll see a different uh, and more motivated Bradley Bill on the defensive end. I was highly encouraged um, even this summer, even though he didn't go uh, to Tokyo to play in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. But when they played their exhibition uh, schedule, like that Bradley Bill was kind of like being utilized as their defensive stopper. Yeah. So what that told me was that he has it in him. Mm-hmm. He can go out there and he can turn on that switch. And so I think that, like like you say, when you have more personnel uh, more suitable personnel around him that it will allow him to kind of, you know, get into his groove on the defensive end a little bit more. And so, you know, I'm just looking for, like you said, I, if he could just get to league average, above league average, and not being one of the worst uh, defenders at the two-guard position in the league, that I think that that will elevate the, the Wizards' uh, defensive efficiency uh, on, on a lot of levels. And I think that that it'll help elevate, uh, you know, his uh, status within the league. I think that a lot of times where, you know, where he may not be getting voted on all NBA teams or he might be disappointed that he made his first all NBA team. It was third team uh, last summer. I think that a lot of that has to do with, you know, uh, how he plays on the defensive end in NBA games. And so if he could just get to a point where, you know, he is, uh, like you said, middle of the pack, and I think that, you know, it will change the way that not only the Wizards as a team is viewed defensively, but the way Brad individually is viewed as a player uh, uh, going forward. So, so he can make some of those top 15 lists that he so uh, much desires. Yeah, very concerned about those. Uh, so I forget who, but somebody asked him directly about his comments about wanting to be the stopper for Team USA. And could he do that for the Wizards? And uh, he said, look, it's it's a different setup. It's a different roster. I, I don't think we want him to want to be the stopper. It's just he also can't give up, um, you know, 30 points to Emmanuel quickly and people like that. Like, you don't need him to guard Tatum. You just can't let him give, you know, like Marcus Smart can't drop 30 on him. Like, like it just, we can't have those anymore. 
Exactly. I think we, he needs to come out here. He needs to keep his man at, at, at or below uh, his league average. Like, so if your man come in averaging 16 a game, he needs to be 16 or below every game. We can't we can't have his his man coming in and having career highs, career days on him. That's what we can't have anymore. No more career highs for Alfred Payton. That's that was my favorite. <laughs> exactly. Is the last. Colin Sexton career highs. Like we can't have that anymore. Uh, the last thing I want to tell you about is kind of the thing that was absent mostly from media day. And, and that was the presence of, of Rui Hachimura, who was taking uh, some time for personal reasons. Uh, it has since been reported that uh, he is taking some time to focus on his mental health. I'm curious if, if you've heard anything about that or, or can maybe back up that that's sort of the reason for him stepping away for a bit. Yeah, so I I have heard pretty much the same thing that that he is stepping with that he just he just seemed to be mentally exhausted, mm-hmm. and so I think a lot of that probably has to do with um, you know in him Japan. playing in the Olympics yeah. this summer for uh, Team Tokyo, and not only just playing in the Olympics but being one of the faces of uh, the Tokyo Olympic, the whole Olympic team. So not just, you know, the basketball team. He was like one of the faces. He's like the torchbearer for like the, for the Olympics over there. And I feel like that kind of stress, undue stress, like probably weighed on him throughout the summer. And, you know, for, for, for him to just have such a quick turnaround and coming back to uh wizards training camp, I think that, um, that, that he probably just needed a, 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 an extra day or two. And so from my understanding that, you know, that he will be uh, back within the team within the next week or so. And so if he just needed a couple extra days to get his mind right, I have no problem with that whatsoever. I, I couldn't agree more. And I actually applaud his teammates for their sort of reactions to it, at least in, in public of, hey, take the time now, get yourself right you know, be here with us when it really matters. Like we can live, you know, you, you know what we're doing here. We can live without you for a couple of days in training camp. But it seemed to be kind of me generalizing what I heard from, from most of his teammates. Yeah. And he's, and I think, uh, like, and I think, but what Rui, Rui has a little bit more responsibility uh, as far as, uh, media coverage. Uh, you know, he does interviews in both English and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Japanese. You know, he has a lot of responsibilities to, you know, uh, you know, he has Japanese sponsorship deals back home. Like he has a lot of different things on his plate that the average NBA player just simply doesn't have. Like Aaron Holiday doesn't have to deal with nearly the same amount of, of scrutiny and uh, a line of questioning that Rui Hashimura does. So I, I think that it's for, for him to, to, you know, be and I think everything in life is based on communication. So if, if and it sounds like to me that he has properly communicated what is wrong with him uh, to 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 the team and the team is okay with that, then I think that you know that this is something that is all above board and and I think that it's something that that, that the Wizards as an organization should be as an organization and his teammates should be very supportive of him. And and us as a fan base, I think. And us as especially us as a fan base, because you know we have the power. Like we get on Twitter, and 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 people. I saw some people in there talking. Oh, this is the second year in a row. But last year he was injured. This year he has. This is completely different. It's not the same at all. And so if anybody's out there complaining about Rui missing time, then I think that I have a a, a big issue with that. And 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 I'm not afraid to call out anybody for 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 being I don't know insensitive to. Uh, you know, the, the mental health aspect that these players, uh, you know, that have to deal with. Yeah, I think that's the thing that 
that Larry helps like uh, keep me tethered to, uh, you know, on, on the show most of the time is just people like they're real people who feel people things and, and you need that reminder. And during one of the media sessions, somebody asked Denny if it would be okay uh, if they asked him a couple questions in his native tongue. And he was like, yes, of course. Like that's so much easier for me. I, I would prefer that. And even just little things like that are things I, you know, I don't think we, kind of all think about a lot of time. Like there's just, they all have extra baggage and Rui, like you said, especially. So I'm all for that. Uh, you know, there are a couple other quotes and things like that we could pull out, but just my kind of takeaway from this is there are a lot of like interesting, likable guys on this year's team. Like I, I found Kuzma likable and interesting and mature. And I liked, you know, hearing about him spending time with Rajon Rondo and learning to study film and how he didn't prioritize that enough early. I liked KCP talking about, you know, not just what he learned from being around AD and LeBron, but like what he could help bring to other people. And uh, even, you know, Berton's comments about like last year was a bad year and I've put it out of my mind and, you know, he's got the shooter shoot mentality, you know, you know, the next only shot that matters is the next shot. Like, uh, I, I really have liked Montrose Harrell so far, Gafford. Like, just want to get your take one on sort of the group as a whole, and two, if there's anybody who stood out to you specifically as like, all right, this guy's going to be fun to cover this year. Yeah, I love the group as a whole because I think that we have such an eclectic group of guys. Mm-hmm. Like, like every like we have different personalities. Like, you got you know Kyle Kuzma, who's like you know kind of like the the the. That he's gonna be the TMZ guy, like you know, like we're not like the he is the team, but the, the TMZ is gonna be concerned about it, like him and what he does and stuff like that. And then you got you know the 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 Catavius Caldwell Pope and uh, Montres Harrells, they're, they're like the just the good old country boys, like they just you know they just kind of seem like you know laid back. And you know I, I love uh, Berton's like hey, I love the fact that he took responsibility mm-hmm. for what we all saw last year as. You know, something that was completely his fault. Yeah. I'm glad. Like, I really am glad that he took responsibility for that, because you know, like that that was a big deal for me. Like him come him him skipping out on the bubble, coming into uh, the season out of shape, because I I know what that meant. I know that he probably say wrapped himself in bubble wrap to make sure that he didn't mess up anything so that he could get that contract. Yeah. And yeah, he got that money. But, you know, that like, it, it was a real detriment to the team. So for him to come in and acknowledge that, like, I, I think that that's a big step for not only for everybody else in the locker room, too, and but but for him as a career, he needed to get his trade value back up. Mm-hmm. But really, the, the person that I'm most interested in is Spencer Dinwiddie, yeah. because that's this is on and off of the basketball court, sure. because it seems like to me that he just brings a level of insightfulness to uh, different topics that I don't think we've had here in DC ever. Like the way that, you know, I saw that, that you know, that he, he asked the league if he could buy the, the, the team's, uh, uh, Jersey patch. Like, like the, like, first of all, when I first saw that, move. that's yeah. genius. Like to even like, think of that, like to, like to even think of that concept is absolutely genius. And so like, this seems like a guy who is, I'm going to be just very, interested to talk to uh in person and over zooms throughout the course of this season it's it's very different in the way they go about it but it does remind me of gilbert arenas from the perspective of i'm an outside the box thinker i'm a little quirky you know like i 
I see it as like maybe similar points in their career to when they joined the Wizards, you know, like shown some potential, hadn't had perfect health, maybe with new opportunity, uh, they can take the next step. And I'm not saying Dinwiddie can be Arenas, like in, in terms of caliber of player, but like, you know, a guy that can show more on and off the court uh, in, in sort of this situation where there's more focus on them. So uh, I think he'll be one of the most compelling players the Wizards have had in I don't know, a decade. Yeah, for sure. And on, like I said, on the court, I'm very interested to see if he can get back to mm-hmm. the, the 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 kind of the scoring and creating uh, playmaking guard that he was before his uh, ACL injury. And so I'm I'm definitely like I'm I'm curious because you know him playing with Bradley Bill will be you know one of the best players that he's ever played with. So I'm seeing like how will how will he be able to play off of Bill? How will he able be able to you know, come out and 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 get everybody else involved on the team while also looking and and, and hitting his own shots. You know, I'm I'm very curious to see how the on the court fit is going to work. Off the off the court, man, I'm 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 like I, I haven't been as intrigued about a a, a player prospect since John Wall. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a great call. Uh, Troy, you've been more than generous with your time. I always appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate your perspective and insightfulness and also a great follow on Twitter. So follow Troy, everybody. I'll put uh, his his handle in the uh, in the description for this episode. But Troy, pl- plug what you got coming up. What are the next things we can look for from you? Okay, so I got something coming up uh, in the Washington City paper about, uh, so last week, Tommy Shepard gave a, a, a press conference and there's one quote that he said in particular. And so I'm going to be writing something along these lines where he said that uh, Brad sets the thermostat for this team. Mm-hmm. And so when, when, when we talk about Brad setting the thermostat, we're going to do a temperature check. So I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a nice article coming out in the Washington city paper on that. So people should be on the lookout for that. Awesome. Uh, thank you, sir. Everybody wizards fans. I think we got a good year and uh, this should be a fun one regardless. So we'll put all the vaccine stuff behind us, hopefully for the short term and, and focus on all the other uh, cool, interesting stuff to pay attention to. Uh, exactly. We'll catch you all next hopefully, week. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. That I got to cross my fingers and knock on wood while saying that uh, Troy, yep. thanks again, man. I greatly appreciate you for having me, Matt. Like this is a, your, your show is great. It's a great listen. I'm honored to have been on here. Uh, I, I keep up the great work and with the stuff that you're doing with your coverage. And I, I hope to see you uh, soon down at the arena. It would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. <laughs> listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube